Uh, all right, we ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, in three, two, one. Today, we are going to talk about six things to help you cure. And wait for it, people. We're going to help you cure teenager rebelliousness. It's a Friday. This is Smalley Marriage Radio. I am Michael Smalley along with... Amy Smalley. And we are taking... We're going to start using Fridays to feature your voicemail questions. Mm -hmm. And we got one from a listener today that uh, needs a little help with with a uh, difficult teenager... And we're going to help you figure that out by giving you six different things that are sort of, obviously, that are better, more effective ways to deal with that kid who doesn't want to make a good decision to save his life. Yeah, and hopefully you might be able to learn from some of our mistakes because yeah. we sure have made a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> I blew it <clears throat> often with what, our teenager that had trouble making good decisions. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I want to submit a question, you can. Mm -hmm. We have a 24-hour active hotline that you can leave a message. That number is 903-392-0975. That number is also on this very podcast's episode page on our website at smalleyinstitute.com. But once again, if you're out there somewhere and you just want to write it down, 903-392-0975. And if you're going to go through the difficulty of calling and leaving a question and trying to get it worded right, you might as well subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's even easier. I know. Give us that five-star review. Amen, sister. <laughs> so Amy and I are not sitting in the studio together. So nope, not today, again, but that's a, that's all right. We are we are we're getting it done, babe. We're doing wait, it. But, but this is kind of cool. I'm in the parking lot of oh, a church hi. in New Brunswick. Are, you tell our, all of our secrets. I do. This Why? is about authenticity. Oh man, where are you? I'm not in New Brunswick. I'm not. I know. David is tell with everybody you. where are you? Well, okay. I, I feel like I have to qualify that with I am at a furniture parking lot because we need to get some new furniture. So yeah, we do. and I just thought, well, now that you and David are away that and you put off this thing and so I was like, Well, I'm gonna be out shopping for furniture and so here we are. We are we're yeah. It's just funny. We're both in our vehicles in parking mm-hmm. lots about three hours away from each other. <laughs> So, okay, now, if you're new to the show, this new daily show that Amy and I are doing, I have a little segment that I like to call the distraction of the day. And basically, Amy has realized it's my opportunity to mess with her. Yeah. And I love it. And you do. You do. It brings me great joy. It, it, I can tell it does. Yeah. All right. I know so, someday you're going to get so distracted, you're going to forget about the distraction of the day. I'm That's pretty sure goal. I won't, but I'm not going to get my cocky. Goal. <laughs> I won't get cocky about it. So, all right, babe. There, right. recently, there was a worldwide competition 
held in Lithuania. Okay. It's a worldwide, so anybody in the world can come and enter this competition. It's for women. Oh, okay. So just a woman's competition. Okay. Can you guess what it was about? And I'll even give you a grand prize. And I'll give you one little hint. Okay. Okay. So Lithuania, right? You know the country. Sort of. It's a worldwide competition. Okay. And do you know what the grand prize is? The grand, this is your big hint. Okay. Try to figure out what's this competition about. The world, the, the winner, the champion gets a trip to Parliament in either Strasbourg or Brussels. That doesn't help me. So the the grand prize is literally an all-expense-paid trip for two to go see a government. Oh, What is this competition? I'll give you one guess. If you get it right, I'll give you $1,000 cash. Because that way it doesn't oh, cost me anything. It just goes right back uh, okay. into the same but account. It's, but it's going to, you're, you're not to like a capital kind of thing? To like to yeah, Strasbourg and Brussels are like parliament things in Europe. I have no idea. I, what I, are they competing about? I have no idea. Give I have no idea. What, what would that be? Um, log splitting. I don't know. Log splitting. I'm impressed. <laughs> That was weird, <laughs> and I like it, but it is wrong. So, well, yeah, there you go. The, the listener will now have to stay tuned to the end of this podcast to find out what the heck kind of competition that's worldwide ends with a grand prize of visiting a government building. Yeah, that's yeah, that kind of stinks. All right, so now okay. we're gonna we're gonna play the question. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, we're gonna play this listener's question. And then we're going to answer it for you. Hey, this is Steve in Arizona. I've got a question. Um, definitely listen to the podcast on a regular basis and um, appreciate that you guys' insight and uh, advice. Got a question on uh, raising teenagers. What do you recommend for rebellious teenagers? And, uh, you know, as they get up to 16, 17, 18 and still in school but want to be rebellious and, and, uh, they uh, it can be very challenging at times, so I wanted to get your insight on that. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so now that's Steve. He's asked a great question. You know, he's kind of wanting to know what do we recommend for that 16, 17, 8-year-old that's still in mm-hmm. school but wants to be rebellious, and obviously he's he told us it can really be challenging at times. So we're going to mm-hmm. give... We're going to give anybody who has a teenager six different things that you can do that tend to be effective in working with a teenager that's, you know, not ready to be out of the home yet, but thinks they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That first one is a little thing I like to call stick to That's so hard. stick to And I would say, as, and as you stick to it... You also need to stick together if you're co-parenting. You know, the co-parenting thing that I know for us, one of our biggest struggles was when one of our kids would 
struggle or would say something. It's so funny because my personality is so, like, I'm a little bit more rigid than you. Would you say that that's true? <laughs> yes. In the most loving way possible, yes. <laughs> so, but it, when it comes to, like, parenting stuff and grace, I, I if someone just feels bad, if there's just some humility or an ounce of humility, or if I... Like, oh wow, I really don't know if that's really if is that too harsh or whatever. I'm I'm kind of a little bit more of the pushover. So yeah, you're right. Stick to it and stick to your guns and you might have to talk about it beforehand, but be a unified front too. It's huge. Yeah, you do. And for me, stick to itiveness is about you've got to, when you set a boundary with your teenager, yeah. you gotta stick to the consequences. You do. If, if you bail out and you're like, all right, if you get a speeding ticket, if you get one more speeding ticket, then I'm going to take your car away. And then they get another speeding ticket and you don't take the car away. You're dead. Well, yeah, you're because dead. it's too hard to take their car away because then you have to drive them everywhere. I mean, I, know. <laughs> I mean, their consequences do mean you have consequences. Well, but and that's that why think. you want your boundaries to be reasonable. That's true. They need you're to right. be things that you're willing to follow mm-hmm. through with because lack of follow through on the boundaries and then the potential consequences involved if those boundaries are broken. If you don't follow through, they will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have it here, hon, because I know that you do not have a computer in front of you. And so the kinds of boundaries Mm-hmm. that you need to set with your teenager, uh, that kind of matters too. I, I, You know, I don't want parents, you don't need to be out of control. And you don't need to regulate every, absolutely everything in your teenager's life because your job is to raise a child to be a healthy adult. So if you don't ever let them figure stuff out and you're, you know, micromanaging their entire life, they're gonna, they're gonna lose it whenever they finally leave the home because they've never had to, they've never they've never given it been given an opportunity to learn how to make healthy decisions. That's the hardest thing, especially as a mother. To I can remember early on, you would tell me, Amy, let them fail, let them fail. I'm like, no, but they're not going to get into a good college if they don't. You know, I need to bring them the homework, you know, or, you know, they, he did his homework. He just didn't turn it in. That's how, you know, lame is that? And, and it would be so frustrating. And you would say, let him fail now because if you let him fail now, then, you know, and the boundaries of we are not going to bring the homework or to the, you know, to the school or we're not going to, you know, those kinds of things are so hard to do it because in a way, but, but to explain, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with this, but how does this also go with grace? Well, for me, it's part of grace mm-hmm. is healthy boundaries. So, you know, sometimes where people get confused is they don't want to tell the kid no, or they don't want to actually now follow through with a consequence because they feel bad and they don't. But really, the the most loving thing we can do is follow through. 
and to put up. It's not like God, you know, God is the greatest example of grace. I mean, like he doesn't have boundaries. He has expectations. Yeah, there are you're right. There are consequences of behavior. to our sin and to our behavior. You're right. You're right. Okay. No. All right. I so, get but, okay. but here are the big boundaries I want to encourage parents. The most important boundary on earth with your teenage, well, kids, period, the most important rule in your family should be to honor God and honor others. Yeah. That should be the highest priority. Like, yeah. if your kid is being dishonoring to God or dishonoring to you, and then if they have the basic same consequence uh, mm-hmm. when they dishonor someone as they do when they don't make their bed, yeah, that's bad. That's not good because, in essence, what you're telling them is cleanliness is exactly the same thing as honoring people, and it's yeah. it's different. So reserve your toughest consequences for dishonoring God or dishonoring others, and and you want to teach your kids what does it even mean to honor God and mm-hmm. what does it mean to honor others because those are the two greatest commands in Scripture, and frankly, right. everything in Scripture falls under those two commands. But you know, another one I put down here, Amy, is, you know, a typical thing with teenagers and parents is, well, when should I allow them to start dating? Yeah. And you know how I've, how we've handled that. My whole thing is, what does age have anything to do with it? Right. Like because telling it, your kid, you can date when you're 18. Basically, the message you're sending them is, you know, to be healthy in a dating mm-hmm. relationship, you just have to be 18. Right, and it's There's not about 45 that. Forty-five-year-olds that right. shouldn't be dating. <laughs> well, and exactly because they might not be in a position of healing or a position of maturity, and when they're not honoring God and honoring others, if they're just dating for an experience, you know, um, like dating to say, "Oh, I want to kiss someone," and so let me, you know, I want to start dating because that's what I want to do. Right? Wow, that. Or they just want to feel mm-hmm. popular. Yeah. Or that person is just super hot, so I want to take her out or take him out, or I want to go out with that person. But if you're not, if you don't know how to honor people and honor women or honor or, or honor men, then then you're not at that place that you need to be doing that. No, and that was our rule with our kids: was when you show me that you know how to honor God and honor others, then you'll be ready to date. Now, look, people. You can't, it's kind of absurd to forbid your children, frankly, to do anything, because then they're just going to definitely rebel, and now they're going to lie about stuff and hide it from you. Mm-hmm. What I did, or what we did, was, look, like with one of our kids who wasn't ready to date, I didn't say he can never date. It was, look, I'm not going to support it, so I'm not going to drive right. you. I'm not going to pay for the movie. I'm not going to pay for the dinner. I'm not going to drive. So if you can figure out a way to make this happen with no money and no vehicle, all right, have at it. I'm not going to stop you. I'm just, I'm not going to support it. So it's not even really about forbidding. So because, and, and this is where I get in trouble, as you are well aware, is oddly enough, I could, I, I could really become obnoxiously rigid and in reaction to my feelings getting hurt with a kid, I could come up with obnoxious boundaries that aren't even like, you know, one time with Cole, they're not enforceable. Right. And they're unhealthy. I was mad at Cole 
And I, and in my anger, I went, that's it. You're grounded from life. <laughs> yeah. And then he reacted. And I went, you're not even, oh, and he said something like, oh, so what? I'm not allowed to breathe. And I'm like, no, you're not allowed to breathe. <laughs> and so with your boundaries, you want to be fair and reasonable. Right. You got They have to be doable. If they're not doable, I, I, I think that if there, if a relationship becomes dishonoring, let's just let maybe address that. And let's just say you thought your your kid was ready to date, and then you're like, oh wow, no, they're really not. Then you might just need to pull back and you tell tell your concerns. But then also, you know, the environment of the household and the environment, like what you were talking about, it's not that you you can tell them, you know, you I forbid you to see this person at school or whatever, but you can say, you know what, if you're going to choose to do this, and because this is a consequence of you dishonoring someone, then, you know what, you're just having the freedom of, oh, you know, when you get home, you get home, right, from school. You're driving, I'm assuming maybe they're 16, 17. Well, that, that, that freedom that you have, freedom is not just freely given um, responsibility is earned and as you become more and more responsible then you have more and more freedom and and sending that message of that freedom is earned then you and if freedom is unearned if there's a consequence of that to say you know it's not that it's like forever but it is going to be something that you're going to have to kind of earn our trust back earn that freedom back of us just being able to allow you to kind of go and be free and, and us not to expect you to come right home or to your curfew, you know, your curfew is going to be X, Y, and Z. You know, you had, you know, you have an example of Reagan and, yeah. you know, people, yeah, getting, getting, I got, that was us. Yeah. That is so funny because I got in so much trouble with this group of moms because our daughter was going with some friends uh, to prom and she was the mm-hmm. driver and, Reagan said, hey, what's my curfew? And I go, uh, what curfew? Well, like, what time do I have to be home tonight? I went, you don't have a curfew. She goes, whoa, aren't I supposed to have a curfew? And I went, well, honey, do you need one? She's like, I don't know. I thought that's what parenting was. And so I looked at Reagan and I just went, okay, let me ask you a question. Just out of curiosity, what time do you want to be home tonight? And she looked at me and she goes, oh, gosh, I mean, probably like by 11. I don't really like being out too late. I went, ergo, that's why I'm not worried about giving you a curfew. I go, look, right. if you're going to be out later than 11 or midnight or one, like, give me a call. Give me a heads up. Right. I, I, I mean, I just want to know you're safe, but honey, you don't have a curfew. So now she's at the friend's home and all the girls are there and moms are doing their hairs and, and their hair. And <laughs> I know that was terrible, but, and, of course, one of the moms goes, hey, Reagan, what's your curfew? And then Reagan goes, oh, I don't have one. And yeah. They totally yeah. lost it. Next thing you know, I'm getting called by this mom, and she's upset. She's not, like, furious yelling, but she's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm not comfortable that Reagan doesn't have a curfew. Why wouldn't you give her a curfew? That doesn't make sense. I went, whoa, hold on. I go, because um, Reagan doesn't need one. She's never broken my trust. She's a great kid. She's, and she's, she's going to be home by 11, 1130. Well, I mean, no, I didn't her, even, no, actually, whole, I did not say that. I know. I, I wasn't going to give her the time, but yeah, I didn't set it. But here's yeah. my point, and I want parents to hear this loud and clear. Reagan earned the right, You're right. to have this level of freedom. She, she obeyed. Is. She got great grades. 
she didn't get in trouble. So what am I going to worry about? I don't need to overparent her. She's amazing. And so I told that parent, I went, hey, listen, here's what's sad, because her daughter was amazing as well. Mm-hmm. And I just went, I'm just going to push back and say, what has your daughter ever done to not deserve this freedom? Like, she's mm-hmm. earned it. And I, I think that actually it. addresses, and that addresses another the overparenting issue is a big deal. It wasn't for us because, <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say that. Not with Reagan. Um, maybe uh, some of our other children may have no. thought kind of oh, over. Are we like, go over, there? No, but what I'm saying is they felt that way. I'm not saying they did, but what okay. I'm saying is, is it's the idea. It's it's the idea of you earn freedom, and you earn the more responsible you are, the more free and the more, you know, that we don't really worry about where you are. You know, we're not going to be as concerned because we know that you have an established pattern of you you've earned it. say you're going to be, you've earned it. And, and when I, you're a parent, if your kid and maybe you have a rebellious teenager, they haven't earned it. You're right. So, they haven't. Unfortunately, because, you know, our son who really struggled, um, our oldest, he he would get into this with me from time. You're so controlling. And I would mm-hmm. laugh because I'd be like, dude, I am absolutely flat out borderline irresponsible. <laughs> I go, however, I love you. And unfortunately you keep making choices that force me to put mm-hmm. more and more boundaries. So, you know, when he broke the, one of our boundaries for, you know, being able to drive and have the privilege of a car. Well, when he lost that, Unfort- I didn't want to take the car away. That was a hassle for us. Mm-hmm. But he broke a very serious boundary, so unfortunately he lost the car because it was our car. But even there, and I want people to hear this, even when that happened, I took the car because it was our car. We paid for it. He didn't pay for it. And I told him, look, if you have a license, if you want to drive, feel free to buy your own car and pay for your own insurance and pay for your gas. And I didn't do it in a mean way, but it was like, I'm not going to stop you if you want to go out there and work and earn your own car. But if you can't respect my boundaries, you don't get to drive my car. Well, and the same thing is true with a phone, too. If someone's going to, so let's just say they're on social media and they're posting some inappropriate pictures or they're, you know, they're saying. Or they're being dishonoring. They're being dishonoring with their words or actions. Well, guess what? If. We, if we pay for the phone, then yeah, we have a little bit of control over that. And, you know, and, and there's this whole idea of privacy. We, we give more and more privacy the more and more responsible you, you are. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, when there's something that comes to our, comes to our attention. And I just want to say, you know, God is real. The Holy Spirit reveals truth. And, and sometimes when the Holy Spirit reveals truth and you have a suspicion in your, in your mind, it's okay for you to go back and to look through your kids' phones and to look through their text messages and, you know, look through if your phone and say, what are they doing? Yeah, if you're paying for it and being, able, right. to, and being able to do that because you love them, because you care for them, and you don't want them to mess, you know, you don't want them to put themselves in a, in a bad situation. So, yeah, but you may, I mean, I would say, you know, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily, you, let me just, let's just say this. I have not looked, we pay for all of our, well, no, I'm sorry, we don't pay for calls anymore, but we pay for um, David and Reagan's. I'm not like a hovering, like, 
looking at every single thing and every single post that they do. I don't do that. But I do care enough that if I saw something, I would be concerned about it. Now, it gives me great confidence when one of our kids goes and say, says, hey, look, look at what someone, you know, I don't know who this girl is or whatever. And look, look what she just texted me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And so that gives me, you know, just such confidence that you're going to make the right trust. decisions. And then you get more trust from that. And then I know that, you know, that you, as long as you're making good choices, then you're on a good track. And so well, if you're on a good track, it makes it a lot easier to trust you. And I want to keep encouraging parents, listen, you don't have to be a dictator. First of all, being a dictator or a highly controlling parent is a tremendous amount of wasted energy because it's exhausting. So even if your kid breaks a boundary like with a phone, you don't have to flip out about it. In fact, if you do flip out about it, you're now just as guilty as whatever they did. But you can have the same conversation. Listen, this was my expectation. This thing, whatever it is, is really dishonoring. And I told you that if you had another strike or whatever your boundary is, that I'd take the phone away and you'd lose it. But if you want, you have the freedom to buy your own phone and pay for your own plan and blah, blah. Like, I'm not going to stop you from that. I'm just not going to pay for this because that, that's something I I'm that not that, willing to pay for. I think that battle really shuts down a whole lot it does. because when your kids are in college and you're paying for their stuff and they're not making the grades, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to take you out of college, but I'm just not going to pay for it. And those kinds of consequences of that, I mean, I will tell you, genius upon genius idea was from your brother about reimbursing our son after he had had a bad semester. And we're like, look, we're not going to pay for grades like this again. So, but what we will do is we'll reimburse you for good grades. That, I I just want to like say that was like, if I could just like, Say kudos to Greg Smalley on that one. That was it. it was. That was amazing. amazing. We didn't know what to do, and we weren't. You know, neither of us, I think, felt this totally one hundred percent great about you know totally ditching the kid. And and yeah, when he came up with that solution, I was like, Good lord, that is awesome. So we it, basically it, said, Look, if you want to go get loans so that you can pay for your semester, then if you can get a 3.0 or higher on just your average, just yeah, average, uh, yeah. B, that's above average, but, but I'm a just B saying or better. Average, you can have a C and an A. Oh, exactly. Good, yes. Right. We will pay off your loans for you. We'll pay that and, semester's loan off. Yep. Yeah. And then it's you can do it everything. again the next semester. And but we'll if you don't, a- if it's below 3.0, we won't do it. You're right. Right. That was good. So, okay, we have spent almost an entire podcast on this first one, and I think it's been really good, actually, and I'm tempted to go, maybe we'll cover some of these others later, but I want to get a few more in. Okay. Because number two... Go through those real fast. Yeah. Number two is don't try and change everything at the same time, right? So just like your marriage, address growth areas one issue at a time, Mm -hmm. and and in this one, you don't want to get after it right in the moment because you're going to say things and threaten things with your rebellious teenager 
that you're going to regret and that you're not going to be able to follow through with, and then you're going to have to apologize for that. So don't try to change everything at once, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to also say it's really good to also to give instructions and have, like, say you have like four or five different things that you want, you know, you responsibility you want them to do. If you can cut it into bite-sized pieces, so make like two in the morning and maybe two in the evening or something like that, because I don't know about anyone else's kids, but especially my sons, if, if I overwhelm them with too many things, there's like, Oh my gosh, you know, so if I can say, you know what, if you can just take out the trash, that's awesome. Or, and then the, and then later go, you know what, got to get the mail. Ellis, go get the mail, you know, different, different things like that. It really helps you. Don't overwhelm them. It does. Number three is the, and we've kind of already hinted at this one, but, Remember, as a parent, your one of your big jobs outside of introducing them to Jesus is to teach your child to problem solve. EmpoweringParents.com has a great article, and I'm, I'm just going to read this from that article. As a parent, you are the teacher, coach, and limit setter for your child. Part of your job is to teach her how to solve her problems appropriately. When things are calm... You can say, this behavior won't solve your problem. Yelling at me because you're angry about having to go to bed won't help you. It will only get you into more trouble. So how can you solve this problem differently next time? That's an important question. you got to listen to what she has to say, and then you can suggest ideas if she can't come up with anything. So they gave some good examples. You might say something like, you could walk away. You could write down how you're feeling on a piece of paper or maybe in a journal. You could listen to music. This is really powerful because you're saying, hey, it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. about you. And it's mm-hmm. not in your best self-interest to behave this way. How can you change what you're doing so you don't get into trouble next time? Hey, that's good. That is really good. And number four is, and I know you're going to love this one, your rebellious teenager is not all bad. You got no, to start looking not. for the right. good. Look for the good, absolutely. And and being able to encourage that because I will say that has been the way back when you felt like you've been too harsh or something, you know, with your kid and also maybe even owning that I get that maybe I've been looking at you and just seeing all the negative, but this is what I see that's positive. Man, does that not soften your your kid's heart? And then they want it's almost like then they get a break from the negativity and then you get to you get to be an encourager again. Not that the consequences aren't still there or won't still be there, but you get to have a different attitude and you're showing a different attitude towards your child. Oh man towards your teenager. Not- it's probably one of the better ways you can feel better at least. Yeah. When dealing with a rebellious <laughs> kid because well because it's the truth. They're not it is. They're not all just the bad behavior. And that's, you know, we get this from Dr. Gary Oliver who uh, was a mentor to our mm-hmm. family and yeah. my brother and he's just an amazingly brilliant guy and that's what he would do when parents would crazy rebellious teenagers would come in to see him. He'd meet with the kid 10 minutes. He'd just introduce himself privately and 
he wouldn't tell them a thing. And then he'd bring the parents in. And he'd tell mm-hmm. them, hey, I want you to keep a journal this week of all the good things you see your son or daughter do. And, of course, parents would laugh and be like, oh, it's going to be a really short journal. But seven days later, they'd come back to see him, and they'd be like, you're a miracle worker. What did you tell our kid in that 10 minutes? And he'd be like, nothing. You just started choosing to look for the positive, and it changes your outlook. It changes your it, – And it, it changes their behavior. And they want to be, well, it impact, they it want sets to be better, too. Yeah, That's exactly. Yes. All right. Number five. Think so you don't stink. Oh, yeah. Before, no, no. You actually do way better at this with our kids than I do. Before addressing your teenager, think it through already. Go through what you're going to say and evaluate your words and your tone. Thoughtfulness. It's like a gigantically important practice, frankly, for any relationship. Think Absolutely. it through. Tell, yeah. Talk to yourself. Have the conversation. What's the best way for me to word mm-hmm. it? And I, you know, I did this recently with Cole because, you know, I, he's the one, sadly, that I struggle with the most. And, and he's 22 now. And mm-hmm. I almost lost my mind over something that, praise the Lord, that I, I realized, wait a minute. Don't go in there right now. You need mm-hmm. a timeout. You need to mm-hmm. think this through. And by the time I spent five, ten minutes thinking over, I was like, the Holy Spirit said to me, are you really going to do this over a cleaning dishes issue? <laughs> like I was going to, I wanted to kick him out of our house. I mean, it was like, God was like, you know, there's worse things that he could have done that might be worthy, like whatever, if he was killing people. Or right, something. right. <laughs> And and it calmed me down, and I didn't e- even end up addressing it with him. And I actually ended up calling you eventually, and I asked you, "Hey, what do you think of this idea?" And you were yeah. like, "Oh, that's not bad." And you helped. And I think it. the more I, I, honestly, I think you are a you are harder on your firstborn because you just feel more responsibility, and everything's new, and you know. So there is a sense of that. I, I do think that in general people are harder on their firstborn and then the the baby of the family just, you know, but a part of it is because you're older and when you, if you're a little bit older and their personality has grown up with you just a little bit more relaxed, then they're sometimes just a little bit easier to pay. It's kind of like that easier parenting, you being more relaxed makes them more relaxed. And so then they just don't, have to bother rebelling. <laughs> well, because they again, don't have to. to encourage parents out there. Relaxed. But but to encourage parents, you could be doing yes the majority of the things with your kids correctly, and you have a great heart, and you're doing the right stuff, and your kids still can choose to rebel. Yeah, their rebellion is theirs. It ain't yours. Now, obviously, I would hope that every parent listening would have a humble heart to ask the Lord, like, hey, is there anything I'm doing to set my kid up to fail? But I'll mm-hmm. say what I've told teenagers that I've counseled over the years who do have bad parents, I've told them, I don't care. <laughs> like, you're only hurting you. Like, this kid was into drugs and his parents were a disaster. And I just finally looked at him and went, bro, <laughs> heroin hurts you. It doesn't actually hurt your parents. Right. So I, I'm sorry that they're terrible, but at some point, man, you got to let that go and you Mm got to start going, wait a minute, 
what's the best decision for me? But the mm-hmm. same thing is true for parents. Like mm-hmm. you, you could do everything right and they still make bad choices. You could do everything wrong and they make amazing choices. I know that's so crazy that sometimes that works out that way. I have this philosophy: if I don't take too much blame, that I don't have. To, you know, don't. Oh, I'm sorry. If I don't take too much credit, that I don't have to take too much blame. <laughs> right. So if I'm giving, if I'm saying, God, I'm doing the best that I can, and I, I'm trying to follow you. I'm trying to walk and parent this, you know, this child in humility and love and responsibility and modeling what I want to see from them. I'm doing all that. And I'm, I'm saying, but you know, but God, this is because of you. So I'm not taking credit for the good that they're doing. Then when they are messing up, then I won't feel as much of the weight or the condemnation of shame if they don't do if they're not making good choices. Well, and that's what I want to tell this awesome listener who called in and left the voicemail. Mm-hmm. Hey, that you know, ultimately your kid is going to make their own choices, so easy. You're not a disaster, you're not horrible. However, just be open to going, "Hey God, is there anything I need to address? Mm-hmm. Is there anything I'm doing that's <clears throat> causing my child to struggle. So I want to remove that. I don't want to set them up to fail, but Mm -hmm. I also, it's, it's your kid's choice. They Mm -hmm. got to learn that. The sixth and final one, call in a friend. And I don't think you and I would have survived parenting if we didn't have, you know, um, yeah. And because it normalizes the stuff that you're going through, it gives you another perspective. We called your brother when such stuff is going, you know, your family, your family, your small group, your friends, people that you can feel safe with that are not going to judge you and think that you are a bad parent because, you know, whatever's going on. Frankly, if they do, they probably don't need to be in that inner circle because we all need to give each other love and grace. But having that outside perspective and listening to podcasts like this is super cool too, right? Yes, <laughs> it is. Well, here's the truth. You, friend, you don't have to go through this alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this could be an exaggeration, which you know I'm prone to do. <laughs> but my prediction, if we didn't have community while trying to raise our children, mm-hmm. at least two of our three children would have been murdered by now by me. <laughs> Obviously, I, I wouldn't have. Well, but I mean, I think even having just people, people around. to pray for, even just having them to pray for them, and to say, and to say, you know what? How are you doing with X, Y, and you know, with this problem? How how is the you know how's your struggle? I can remember you know enlisting my parents and your parents to pray for our children and to say, look, this is specifically what you need to be praying for, and then they then then when you hear them praying for them over a meal or something like that. And they say, I've been praying for, you know, been, been, you know, praying about this. Then it's like, it gives you that encouragement that you know that God has your back, your friends, your family has your back. It is, it is so important. So let me wrap this show up. Okay. So if you have a rebellious teenager and have no idea how to deal with them, the most important thing to remember is they're capable of rational thought. I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but I promise they are. Remember, set responsible boundaries because I have seen far too many parents get carried away. 
and get mm-hmm. crazy with their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Also know that change is not going to happen overnight. Just like a marriage or any significant relationship, you're in this relationship for life, and you will need to be patient. Finally, mm-hmm. look for the good. Your mm-hmm. teenager is not, I repeat, not evil. <laughs> I know you suspect that they're the spawn of Satan. No. They're not. No. I promise you have not given birth to the Antichrist. <laughs> they do not wake up every day with the sole intention of ruining or destroying your life. Be the example for that mm-hmm. teenager. Show that you are a rational human being and your teen will begin to emulate this behavior. They're going to model they're going to copy the behavior. So show them who to be. Show that you, that you love them unconditionally. But never try and confront your child when you are fuming with anger. Take a minute. Think it through. Rebellious teens will, are not going to respond to rebellious parental behavior. The what? screaming and yelling ain't going to work with the screaming and yelling teenager. It just reinforces it. I could yell at my son Cole for hours, and he would give me the same glazed eye. <laughs> Meanwhile, all I had to do to get my daughter Reagan back in shape was say, hey, I'm not okay with this. And she would, like, immediately melt down. Different kids need different things, but the most important thing to remember is they are people, too. Love your kids. Shepherd them. Respect them. And watch what a difference it makes if you still feel like a crazy knucklehead, then call in a friend. Allow a community of mature, loving people around you, allow them to influence you as well. And by the way, along with your teenager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you feel like you just don't know what to do anymore, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And this, I can assure you, this tactic will never fail. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's of course, good. that's, that's our, you know, that's the script our daughter writes, so she had to, like, put in there how great she is. <laughs> I had to say it. That's so funny. <laughs> I couldn't let her get away with it. I know yeah, what you're doing, we Reagan. We love you, Reagan. And David. So, she didn't mention David in there. We have of course not. Of course, she wanted to yeah. make it about her, so what? <laughs> All right, let's quickly do, because we're Yes. Okay, we're so, so what is it? What are these people doing? What are these All people right. doing? Distraction of the day. Yes. Worldwide competition. The grand prize is a yes. trip uh, to see Parliament. Yay. Bowling. Ugh. Lawn bowling. It is the world's longest hair competition. Oh, my gosh. Honey, oh, that is a thing. Really? That is a thing. And a girl. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The girl that won this year. Yeah. Yeah. She's never cut her hair. Measured. She's never cut her hair. Oh, I doubt Ever. it. Yeah. <laughs> how how measured, long is her hair? Well, some of the women, her hair was over three feet long. Yeah. The 26-year-old. Who won the competition? Yeah, over five feet long. How tall is she? Um, her hair went about down to her ankles. Yeah, so she must have been like five, five, five. Six. I mean, yeah. I guess if you yeah. did it from the very, very top of your head, 
that's a lots of lots of love that could it could have been you know a lot of my friends if they let their hair grow out too long they just cut it you know cut a big old chunk off and do lots of love you could do a lot of lots of love with five feet of hair oh she could have a lot of toupees created out of five <laughs> feet of hair that's yeah that's a lot and what is your reward ladies for growing your hair out and dealing with the shampooing <laughs> and the combing and stepping on it and sitting on it and it being all hot and putting it up on a ponytail yeah. and it still being i mean could you imagine the fun that that would have no. oh wow but that's what is her reward a trip to parliament in either wow. Strasbourg, germany or brussels wow oh boy yeah. I'm going to put this out there. It's not worth it. I know it's not. Specters that we had to see Yeah, I wanted to be the melody